these two go hand in hand with what is behind agenda item number 12. Okay, so this is the new rules that were created in the, you know, uh, up for action, I guess. You know, they do build draft requests. And so you have to talk about what they're doing and what they have not done. But it's most unsettling that some of these committees had not met for more than five years. And the real reality is, what about those people who should have benefited from those services and yet and still did not? Why? Simply because of the inability to access the required services. Let's listen up. In your packet. So again, thank you, uh, Ms. Remick, for being here. And we'll go ahead and give you a chance to proceed and then see if we have any questions. Department of Health and Human Services. Thank you very much. Um, my name again is Heidi Remick. I am the Chief Human Resources Counsel uh, with the Legislative Counsel Bureau. Also with us in the Carson City office is my Deputy Human Resources Counsel, Neil Baker. Uh, and by way of background, prior to 2020, the Legislative Council Bureau did not have a dedicated human resources council or human resources team. And the COVID-19 pandemic really illustrated the need for a centralized, dedicated HR team uh, to deal with all of the workplace issues presented by that emergency. And now that the pandemic is becoming our new normal and we can um, adjust our responses and have more time and resources to take a step back and take a wider lens view of other workplace issues at the Nevada legislature. And one of our first post-pandemic priorities has been to do a comprehensive review of the rules and policies of the LCB, which is the document that guides and directs the workplace practices of the legislative staff. As part of that review, we have undertaken a number of non-substantive edits that are intended to improve clarity, readability, fix grammatical errors and the like in existing rules that you will see in the um, in the draft before you have before you, as well as several substantive changes that we believe are necessary to provide clarification or to resolve problems that we've encountered in the practical implementation of these rules, to update the rules to mirror changes in state or federal law, mm -hmm. or to update our policies and practices to account for the fact that we now have a human resources team mm -hmm. now they within the LCD structure. Uh -huh. And these substantive changes are highlighted in yellow. I think it will be most helpful to summarize these substantive changes as quickly as possible. Um, I know it's been a very long day, so I'll go as fast as I can. Rule 13, which is our anti-discrimination policy, and also the policy on affirmative action, which is on page 34 in the packet, expands the language of our existing rule to include categories that are already protected by the law, uh, and adds definitions for protected categories that were not defined in the rule previously. That is to say, the protected categories were defined in the rule, but they, the definitions were not there. So this should help with implementation. Rule mm -hmm. 22, we propose to um, 
and it's subsection six to clarify that probationary employment is not a contract or promise of continued employment. We believe this change is a necessary disclaimer and protection against certain employment lawsuits. Ooh. Rule 23, and um, along with that rule 24, we look to, to move the employee evaluation process Currently, it's done in June or December. Now, I just got to say, the federal government has some rules that we are obligated to follow. That's why they have the EEOC. And the EEOC can be involved in any employee, you know, negotiation that happens. Because the rules in America are just the rules. And no matter what state you're living in... No matter where you are coming from, the real reality is is that we are only the people who we believe we are. And if you don't believe you are anything, well, understand that is a personal issue, I would say. Because the journeys that we are on are called trials and tribulations. What does that look like? Apparently, you may not know. But I know who I am. And as I understand exactly who I am, well, there's nothing more to do except for act on who I have become. And I've been so blessed to understand exactly who I am as I have become. Well, I'm just everything that I want to be. And to be everything you want to be, you just have to know who you are. And who are you as an American citizen? What have you done to ensure or to engage in the process of efficacy for all people who live in a local community that you live in? But when we look around and understand what we see, and it is truly what we see, and we're not paying attention to the process of oversight and accountability mm -hmm, for our personal obligations to where we live. Because you're obligated. Mm, you're just obligated to the land that you were born under. Uh-huh. And then understand that people get to come here. And they do. They get to come here and participate in the structure of being free in America. And what is the freedom? What is the cost of that freedom? As you do not know what the cost of the freedom is, well, what should I say? It is just unfortunate that you don't know who you are. But if you've chosen just to sit back and say, thanks for the ride, lady. Well, then understand whatever you get and whatever you benefit from, boo, is based on your journey. And I'm sorry, you know not what you do not know. The PTA is a not-for-profit organization, but so is Molina and so is Kaiser. But now they have built an organization around providing public services to the people who live in the local community. But if you understand that John Boehner was over the House of Representatives... And he used to cry, quite frankly, cry about the things 
that he was trying to make happen, trying to get people to work together in unity. But what is, what is that I'm talking about? Unity in your community lacks the ability to unionize. I mean, that would be protecting the rights of others. And this is what she's going down the list of things where they need to change the rules so they need to ensure that adequacy happens for the people who are generating the money. Shall we listen more? I believe so. Let's listen up. But in practice, we find that nobody has the time to do employee evaluations in December and they end up just not getting done. Did you hear that? Nobody has the time in December. Now, that's their job. That's their livelihood. That is how they've been making a living. But they don't have any time. So let's just listen up. They're just getting paid off the backs of the public. That be you, boo. Well, who is you? You never show up. I don't know. Um, and also the change to Rule 23 adds Human Resources Council to the list of parties who are authorized to examine employee evaluations because we really need to review those documents in order to be able to make good recommendations mm. and, in, and decisions on employment matters. Mm. And Rule 24 also provides that the anniversary and merit increase dates will all move from January 1st to July 1st. Most employees are already on a July 1st cycle, but that's again um, related to the fact that we just didn't find it practicable to do the evaluation process in January. Mm -hmm. And so occasionally we were missing people uh, whose time for increases came along and they were not did you hear that whose time increases meaning that they met the requirements of the process and yet still they did not get the increase it just didn't happen for them so now they're going to change the rules to make sure that they make sure that they're getting everybody when the real deal is that they violated your human rights and that's why I said here we are living up to the promise of America and what does that look like well definitely what can I say it looks like we the people and as I am a part of the American process meaning that I see myself as a patriot and therefore I am I am everything I think I am and then more because I only know and only share what I know simply because I've had the ability to engage in the process, and I know what I'm talking about. Like I said, they hadn't met for years. How are they overseeing adequacy for anyone? Um, nobody had time to, to give them their timely increase, uh, and it should also simplify the budget, budgeting process because everybody will be on the same cycle at the change of the fiscal year so that will make it easier to plan for personnel costs uh, our edits to rule 25 the changes to subsections 2 and 3 aim to give the director and division chiefs a little bit more flexibility to authorize overtime when budgets and workload allow mm -hmm. rather than having to rather than fill those positions overtime mm -hmm. uh, 
and the change in subsection 10 sets a limit in on the amount of overtime the secretary of senate and the chief clerk of the assembly can accumulate without using that time or taking a payout because the accumulation of extensive amounts of overtime can become an unfunded liability on the legislative budget if those individuals leave unexpectedly. Uh, rule 25.3, the proposed change um, would increase the shift differential for certain employees who work qualifying night shifts. Currently, that shift differential is an increase of one pay grade. We propose to change it to 5%, which is consistent with executive branch practice. And also, we believe this change will be more equitable. 5% is a measurable, predictable amount of pay, regardless of one's grade and step whereas um, a one pay grade increase can be more or less depending upon where a person is on the pay schedule. The proposed change to Rule 26 makes explicit the idea that employees must report their time accurately and that supervisors are responsible for verifying the accuracy oh of time goodness, really? keeping. Uh, one of the challenges we encountered mm -hmm. with the pandemic was when so many of our employees uh, began to work remotely. Uh, it's wonderful that we were able to learn new methods of flexibility, but we have had some challenges with accuracy and accountability of timekeeping that we hope this uh, this edit Dave. will address. Ran into some uh, challenges. The changes to Rule 26.7 are intended to clarify that there are legal exceptions to the promise that employee records are confidential. Uh, for example, um, there are certain agencies like um, the Equal Employment Opportunity the EEOC. Council that have a right <laughs> under federal law That's to, right. to request our records. And Did you hear that? Under the EEOC, they have the right to request records and they have to release them. But if they have no data, boo, I'm just wondering what the hell. Why is the federal government continuing to take Nevada to court and then they are ordered to do certain things that they just refuse to do. Enough is enough. So we're having the conversation, boo. Step up. And all this altering that they're doing to podcasts and stuff, let's not understand that they are ultimately going to end up in the court of law. And as digital data has fault transmission, you're not going to be able to manipulate getting rid of what you were doing to the people you're trying to limit their access to the conversation. Wake up in America as freedom has never been televised. We will have to provide those notwithstanding that our policy says that those rules are confidential. Rules... 32.25, 32.4, and 36 are all definitions and conditions for the use of, of various types of sick leave. 
And we added, we proposed to add definitions from Nevada Administrative Code to aid in our interpretation of these rules. Rule 37, which is our Family and Medical Leave Act policy. Rule 37.1, which provides for employees to be placed on sick leave by supervisors. Rules 49, 51, and 52, which are all part of the employee discipline, warning, reprimand, demotion, and dismissal process, and the anti-harassment policy. All of these rules and policies... Did you hear that? All of these rules and policies do exist in America. If you stand and you fight, you win. Let's stand. We have proposed edits to ensure that Human Resources Council is consulted in decisions pertaining to these policies. Uh, These are all policies involving employee leave and employee discipline or um, Mm anti-harassment situations and Ensuring that Human Resources Council is consulted will help us to be sure that employees across the Legislative Council Bureau are treated fairly and consistently across the various divisions and that employee supervisors will not unwittingly make decisions that might expose the Legislative Council Bureau to employment lawsuits if they make decisions without the benefit of of attorneys versed in these issues. Rule 38 is our maternity leave rule. We believe it is necessary to revise this rule to explicitly tie maternity leave to the physical limitations imposed by pregnancy and childbirth. Uh, because otherwise the argument can be made and has been made in other lawsuits nationwide that the policy as it's written just provides women with extra leave than men um, all that? just by virtue of the fact that they are women. Don't you uh, understand so this that? Seek to reduce or change the amount of leave that people mm-hmm. are entitled to, uh, but it does hopefully help to shield us from the potential for a claim of discrimination for t- treating women mm-hmm. and men differently. Additionally, the proposed change to the maternity leave rule clarifies the process for providing medical documentation of the need for leave, particularly where there may be a difference of opinion between medical experts. Rules 44.2 and 44.4 are proposed edits where language has been taken from the Nevada Administrative Mm -hmm. Code so that we can be sure that legislative branch employees have the same uh, emergency volunteer leave and administrative leave policies available as those used by the executive branch. Rule 45 clarifies that leaves of absence without pay must be authorized by the division chiefs and the director. We have unfortunately encountered some challenges with employee absenteeism 
where employees may use all of their paid leave and then request more time. And then if that time is denied, the employee may say, well, I'll just take leave without pay. And under our current rules, there's no ability to deny that leave. Um, and again, this is leave that's not supported by any medical or, or other emergency justification. Uh, and so that leaves the risk that LCB divisions will be understaffed and without recourse to deal with um, employee absenteeism. The proposed change to Rule 57 uh, is aims to change the way that space and use of grounds in the legislative building are allocated consistent with NRS 331 uh, 135, which provides that the LCB director assigns the use of space in legislative facilities in such manner as the legislative commission prescribes. Rule 60, the edits to Rule 60 borrow language from Nevada Administrative Code to expand our current conflict of interest rule to cover various conflicts not previously described or envisioned under the rule. And then finally, the disability accommodations policy is a new addition to our proposed rules. The Legislative Council Bureau has long had in place rule 13, which provides that we do not discriminate based on um, disability or other protected categories, but there has been- Did you hear that? how they're not supposed to discriminate. You see, my problem is, is that there needs to be a fairer way to provide services to the public who must benefit based on the services offered. You not understand free and appropriate. As you do not understand free and appropriate, understand this, in America, we are, we are just who we believe we are. And, um, and if you don't understand that it is you that controls the outcomes of maintenance for the services that are provided to you as an individual from America as a citizen. People just disregard the value of citizenship. When I clearly understand the power that I have and the power that I possess and just sharing bits and pieces of information that you perhaps would never have heard simply because you were never in the room. But as I have experienced through this journey of understanding the power that I had to ensure access and equity for my children, even as they said my youngest child was severely mental retarded and communication handicapped and perhaps would not benefit from public education as he graduated with a one-on-one -on -one aid, a laptop, and above proficient. I know who I am, and I will be all that I can be living in America. And as I'm just an American citizen, not strictly dedicated to Nevada, I happen to be a Nevadan just as I moved here. I am a citizen and I vote here. Well, boo, when I ask questions about what's going on, I do not like being lied to. So when we have to tell the truth, I believe, spread it all over the land. Let's listen up. No 
policy to guide how we as as employers respond you when see how we she's trying to explain that of an employee disability mm -hmm. or to guide how employees in need of accommodation make those requests mm -hmm. and so this proposed policy would remedy that absence and aim to create a consistent aim to create for requesting accommodations yes, to get accommodations that you're entitled to medical conditions Amen. and for supervisors to respond to and accommodate requests there you and go. evaluate the efficiency of those right. accommodations yes to, to make that sure that adequacy is happening working Woo. for the employee Amen. and for the LCB. That you're not discriminating so, against the disabled. I covered a lot of material very yes, quickly you did, in, in Record time. deference to the hour, mm. but want to make myself available to questions if any of you have any. Heidi Remick. Thank you Remick. for that uh, presentation, Ms. Remick. I? I can obviously Ms. tell a lot Heidi of thought Mr. went into the changing, Heidi modernizing, Remick. and updating of these rules, and particularly Update pleased the to rules, see the, the disability accommodation mm -hmm. policy as well. But do we have questions from members? We'll start down here in Las Vegas. Assemblyman Hafen. Well, uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. I do, do have two um, two questions. Mm -hmm. um, do. In looking at rule number uh, 44.4 on page 24, uh, number 1C uh, uh, talks about when the director may grant paid leave um, to remove the employee from workplace when employee committed or threatens to commit an act of violence. Uh, Ooh, now did you hear that one? That one's real. I don't know. Let's listen a little bit more. Um, and I just wanted to know uh, why we're adding that when rule number 52 causes for action, uh, subsection 18 uh, talks about violence or threats. Uh, basically, it's the same thing. It's, it's cause for action under that. And but is a threat a threat or is it perceived threat? I mean, people have perceptions of things that perhaps are not real. I mean, when you walk down the street and there's an African-American woman on one side and a white woman on the other side, she might clutch her purse a little bit. Why? Because she believes that maybe that person might take something from her. But, you know, we have all these Karen moments, and they are truly Karen moments, where people can't even be in the park and enjoy themselves because other people don't want them there. Well, they can't even live in the same community. But I'm saying, oh, what the hell? People have figured out that in America, it is e purpose, you know, out of many, there is one. And when we keep on opening the doors for more and more people to come into America, who have we become when we can't establish a process in which makes us all more American as we all benefit? Let's listen a little bit more. So I, I just kind of curious the, the rationale behind uh, putting them on, on paid leave when it is you know, cause for, for dismissal and action. Ooh, yeah, we just go and fire them. <laughs> the added language in Rule 44.4 comes from or is adapted from Nevada Administrative Code 284.589. So in part, it is um, intended to make our policies consistent with executive branch policies so that um, we don't have employees who come to the legislative branch used to 
different rights and and process ooh, in, ooh, ooh, ooh. in their work ooh, in the executive yes, branch. Yes, yes, But I think to get to the heart of your question, Assemblyman, it's important to understand that Rule 44.4 and Rule 52 are different parts of the employee discipline process. Um, Rule 52, the causes of action, spell out the different reasons for which employees can be disciplined, but it's often not an instantaneous situation where the everybody knows what's happened and you can carry out the discipline right away. And Rule 44.4 allows the director to look out for the safety of uh, the workplace by placing an employee on leave with pay while the facts and circumstances of whatever the accusation is the investigation boo but just because he said who he was and how he would be able to determine what the factors were and how he would hold out the punishment that's what they've always done here in Nevada they have a you know kind of like a wild wild west mentality and they kind of like carry out and determine who benefits and who doesn't it just amazes me how so many kids are in the public education system receiving letter grades of F. What the hell? Well, y'all, I'm about to run out of time. E purpose, you know, I mean, there's one, but out of one, there may be none. Who are you in 2023? Wake up, boo. Follow me here on Anchor. And you can follow me over there on Wisdom, Darlene Anderson, or see me on Facebook, Darlene Phillips Anderson, or perhaps you'll just see me on YouTube, Darlene. Bella, no, Darling Anderson, 1958, Wake Up in America. Who will you be in 23? Okay. So, you know, these are games people play. You know that song? Games people play. Night and day, they just ain't macking what they can do to keep on fooling you, right? This bullshit. So I was recording uh, the Legislative Commission meeting on... December the 28th, and I did it all on my computer, and then somehow the recording for the voice of that computer just went away, so we'll just do it again, shall we? There's a lack of clear mission and regulatory authority for the council and rigid statutory duties of the council, such as holding region-wide recognition events for students in northern and southern Nevada. Ultimately, the Office of Science, Innovation, Technology recommended terminating the council. We also had testimony from the Nevada Department of Education saying that um, as of 2020, uh, during COVID, with the Blue Ribbon Commission that was created, a lot of the functions of this council have been assumed by the Blue Ribbon Commission. So there's no need for this council any longer. The third organization recommended for termination is the competency-based education network. The subcommittee voted to recommend legislation to terminate the network. Nevada's Department of Education recommended terminating the network since the Superintendent of Public Instruction's Blue Ribbon Commission for a globally prepared Nevada and the relevant NDE programs are currently carrying out the charge of the network. In addition, representatives noted that the network has accomplished all of its duties pursuant to Bill AB 110 and submitted its final report to the Superintendent of Public Instruction. The network's the network's final report was submitted to the governor and the legislature on August 23rd, 2022. So it has completely fulfilled its function. 
Number four was a subcommittee on patient-centered medical homes. The subcommittee voted to recommend legislation to amend NRS 439-519 to remove the specific authority for the Advisory Council on the State Program for Wellness and the Prevention of Chronic Disease to appoint a subcommittee to study patient-centered medical homes from statute. During re the review of the subcommittee on patient-centered medical homes, staff of the Division of Public and Behavioral Health of DHHS confirmed that the subcommittee was already formally dissolved. Staff further reported that the subcommittee was not effective in conducting a study. This was largely due to the inability to meet quorum. Mm -hmm. The fifth was a committee on anatomical dissection. The subcommittee voted to recommend legislation to remove the authority of the Nevada System of Higher Education to establish such a committee. During the review of the committee and in the Sunset Subcommittee review form, the committee reported their inability in meeting the duties outlined in NRS 451.360 through 451.470 and recommended terminating the committee or consolidating it with other entity, another entity. They had difficulty primarily um, in the duty of retaining bodies at Nevada System of Higher Education. They are just not equipped to do that. The Sunset Subcommittee also learned that the medical schools in the state operate under willed body donor programs pursuant to the revised Uniform Anatomical Gift Act, NRS 451.500, and do not accept unclaimed bodies for medical education or research. Those were the five entities that were uh, recommended for termination, Chair. Now I will go over the one entity that was recommended for termination with functions transferred to another entity. The Commission on Educational Technology. The subcommittee voted to recommend legislation to terminate the commission and transfer its duties to the Nevada Department of Educa Education. In its sunset subcommittee review form, the representatives of the commission recommended repealing the commission in favor of the State Board of Education's recent work with the NDE's Nevada Digital Learning Collaborative. According to representatives from NDE, the commission has not met since 2018 due to several member vacancies. Those were the boards and commission entities that were reviewed for continuation, termination, and termination with their functions transferred to another entity. But out of the Sunset Subcommittee Chair, there were further legislative recommendations. The first was the subcommittee voted to recommend legislation to amend Chapter 232A of NRS to declare as public policy of the state of Nevada that except as otherwise required by law, Persons appointed by the governor to certain public bodies must, to the extent practicable, reflect the diversity of Nevada, including without limitation, age, gender, sexual orienta orientation, gender identity or expression, ethnicity, and the geographic diversity of the state. The second was the subcommittee voted to recommend legislation to amend Chapter 232A of NRS to require Nevada's boards, commissions, and similar entities to submit to the governor a list of persons qualifying for membership within 60 days after a position appointed by the governor on the board, commission, or other similar entity becomes vacant. The third was the subcommittee voted to recommend Legislation to amend NRS 232B.210 to require the chair of the Legislative Commission to appoint the chair and vice chair of the subcommittee, each representing a different house of the legislature. Fourth was a subcommittee voted to recommend legislation to remove the requirement for certain professional or occupational licensing boards and regulatory bodies to submit a quarterly report to the legislature concerning petitions for the review of the criminal history of potential applicants for an occupational or professional license and to amend NRS 232B.237 to require the subcommittee to review not less than three professional or 
professional or occupational licensing boards and regulatory bodies specified in subsection two regarding the restrictions on criminal histories of applicants each legislative interim. Assembly Bill 319, a bipartisan measure enacted in 2019, authorized a variety of professionals to petition a regulatory body to find out whether his or her criminal history disqualifies him or her from obtaining a certificate, license, permit, qualification, or registration. I believe the intent of this measure was to give those with a past criminal conviction the opportunity to explore and establish a suitable career and make a better life for themselves and their family. Among other provisions, the bill requires the subcommittee to review certain regulatory bodies to determine whether the restrictions of an applicant's criminal history are appropriate. In addition, a variety of regulatory bodies are required to maintain statistics related to criminal history reviews and report these statistics on a quarterly basis to the legislature. Interestingly, the information requested by the subcommittee is substantively, substantively, substantively the same as the information required to be submitted on a quarterly basis. However, according to the records held by LCB, only a few of the regulatory bodies, such as the Southern Nevada Health District, the Department of Agriculture, the Board of Accountancy, and the Board of Medical Examiners have submitted these reports to the legislature since 2019. Therefore, to remove redundancies from statute and instead of being dependent on the regulatory bodies to submit this information, the subcommittee recommended, re recommended removing the requirement for the regulatory bodies to submit the quarterly reports and re require the Sunset Subcommittee to review not less than three regulatory bodies for restrictions on criminal history histories of applicants each legislative interim. I believe the subcommittee is in a better position to request this information and can hold regulatory bodies accountable for not submitting the required reports. Thank you, Mr. Chair. These recommendations for legislation represent considerable work by the subcommittee this interim, and I appreciate the consideration of the Legislative Commission. I'm happy to answer any questions, and as I noted earlier, we should have representatives from all um, or mostly all of the um, Commission's board and entities here for questions, as well as our policy analyst and legal counsel. Well, thank you so much, uh, Assemblywoman. I can tell that your committee did a lot of work in the interim uh, just based on the depth and breadth of those recommendations. So thank you for providing us with that report. Uh, before we consider taking any action, are there questions from commission members for subcommittee chair Howdigy? Anyone here in Las Vegas? And how about in Carson City or on Zoom? I see Senator Hansen, I think, raising his hand. Please go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Under recommendations for legislation, number three, Committee for the Statewide Alert System, you're dropping the number of law enforcement members from five to three. Well, what's the reasoning behind that? Thank you, Senator. And I do, we do have representatives from DPS here, but that was actually a recommendation from the Department of Public Safety because they were having trouble making quorum. Okay, so that, that's how ironic is that? There are not enough cops to fill uh, the three, five positions in the state, huh? Kind of, there's something, there's something funny about that one. Okay, that was my only question. Thank you. Great, thank you. Any additional questions? Uh, yes, Chair, if I could. <clears throat> Assemblywoman Hanson. Um, on the termination of, I'm sorry, I'm scrolling here. The termination of some of the committees you had the, I just had a question, even though there's termination of the Council on Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics and the one below competency-based education network, mm -hmm. I looked at what those requirements are for those individuals to be a part of that. Are those appointed by the governor? I, I'm not sure of the process. Even though we're recommending termination, I want to understand the process. Me, me too. 
Thank you, Assemblywoman. I am actually going to ping our policy analyst, uh, Cesar Maldorejo, to help with that question. And we actually, do, we should have a representative here as well from the Department of Education who should be able to answer that question if Mr. Maldorejo. Please do answer the question. Needs assistance. For the record, uh, Cesar Mogarejo, uh, committee policy analyst. Um, chair, through you to Assemblywoman Hansen, um, if you could just repeat the question real quick. Are you talking about all of the entities? Just, yeah, thank you. Just the on um, number 11 and 12, the Advisory Council on Science, Technology, and Engineering and Math, and the Competency-Based Education Networks. Are those typically appointed? I know they have to have certain requirements to be on there, but I want it. And then I have a follow-up. Mm -hmm, me too. And we're not going to get an answer to. For the record, Cesar Mogarejo, Community Policy Analyst. And I'm actually trying to pull up the statute right now. And Mr. Malagarajo, I believe we have Dave Brandkamp, the director of the Office of Standard and Instructional Support with Nevada Department of Education here with us as well to help answer that. Good evening. This is Dave Brandkamp. I'm the director of the Office of Standards and Structural Support and the Competency-Based Education Network. Um, resided through my office with uh, staff member Mary Holsclaw. All the members on that network um, have, they do have their requirements. As everyone uh, noted, they are appointed some by the parent or PTA association. Oh, the PTA? The schools themselves that were in the pilot. So. No, uh, in the pilot. He's talking about a pilot program where um, PTA members who are not representative, I mean, they're not elected people, and the school site councils have to have elected people participating. I'm just trying to understand. You see, they've gotten around the rules so much that they fail to understand that the requirements for family engagement is the law. And that is just the law. But, you know, when people would be so ignorant to not think back that I would go back and check my recording to hear lots of music and no conversation. So somehow, you know, they're just network engineers, but they figured out how to separate the conversation from the conversation. And I'm just going to do it on a different damn device. Nobody gets to control me. Wake up in 2023. They would designate their representatives. Um, none of them came from the governor. The superintendent did have one appointee that was their designate. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And Assemblywoman, we also have Brian Mitchell uh, to answer on behalf of the Advisory Council on STEM as well. Mm -hmm. And STEM. Oh, all of a sudden, STEM then dropped in Thank there. you. Yes, Well, please. that helps to understand that it's not... The, the recommendation process to get somebody on those committees, at least regarding these two, seems like it's 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 fluid. It's not a real onerous um, process. That's right. Um, but it question, is. question, though, in getting rid of the competency-based education network, I think you mentioned on the Science and Technology Council that's being absorbed by NDE, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Some of those... Responsibilities uh -huh. for 
for both um, Assemblywomen, when the Nevada Department of Education came to testify, a lot of the functions of both of the committees have been had been absorbed by the Blue Ribbon <coughs> Commission. Yeah, where's the data? Okay. I don't really care. Um, so really more just a statement. I, I'm a little, I know it's very Confused. hard to staff these the committees, these subcommittees. Um, and I, I noticed that when we mentioned the one about the science and technology, engineering and mathematics, one of the reasons listed was had to be in person. I was just hoping, and it's probably moot at this point, but just for the record, uh, we have the opportunity to do Zoom, I would hope. Um, I don't know if that has to be enabled somehow to allow those committees to do that, if that would help. I, Being on the Education Committee and on the Interim Education Committee, I've I've made it very vocal that I have very grave concerns about our... our um, according to the Nevada report card at NDE, our proficiency rates in math and in reading uh, language arts. And so getting rid of these entities and maybe not, and trying to find other ways to facilitate them to meet um, rather than just recommending termination. If Did you already explore if there were other avenues, maybe have less people, I really love the idea of having outside state agencies, people who are in the trenches, being able to have the, the input that we need. Um, and so not having these and having them be absorbed by a state agency causes me a little bit of discomfort. Thank you, Assemblywoman. And, and we did. I mean, the main function of the, the Advisory Council on STEM was to increase student interest in STEM, right? So that there was more participation in science, technology, and mathematics. And, um, and from the hearings, the Nevada Department of Education said that one of the things that was positive that came out of COVID was the Blue Ribbon Commission. And the Blue Ribbon Commission is doing this. And so basically, keeping both entities in existence was just, um, was duplicating efforts and so as a committee we decided to um again because the advisory council on stem hadn't met in a couple years and it was having trouble meeting quorum it was having trouble um it didn't have a clear mission other than to gain student interest and they couldn't have they didn't have the funding that they needed to get substitute teachers whether it was in person or via zoom to give teachers the time off to participate we felt that the blue ribbon commission was better equipped to handle what the mission of the advisory council was, which was to increase interest for students in STEM programs. Thank you for clarifying that. So just to make sure I understand, so that that will be taken care of under the blue ribbon. And then the one for the competency-based education network, will that fall under Nevada Department of Ed? <laughs> We're wondering about Correct. that disproportionality. Okay, thank you so much. Appreciate mm -hmm. the clarifications. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and just to be clear, Assemblywoman, both of them, both of those um, functions were being handled by the Blue Ribbon Commission. Oh, so the really? Blue Ribbon Commission was was performing the duties of the... I just want to understand how the Blue Ribbon Commission is targeting the disproportionality here in Nevada, especially down here in Clark County, where we have so many kids who are just not graduating. And then to promote them under that fifth... Uh, exit of high school, you don't think you're going to make it because you're special ed or whatever. I mean, that's just giving you a choice, but it doesn't matter because they're still obligated to two years or three years beyond high school to report what you're doing as an individual. So who are you in America? Let's just ask. I know I am a citizen and therefore 
you know, people don't understand freedom of speech and freedom of religion and freedom to be who I am. The Advisory Council on STEM and also the Competency-Based Education Network. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're going to pick up those duties when they should have been looking at those Thank duties. Thank you. Any additional questions? Yeah, right. Thank you. So hearing no additional questions, if I could make a suggestion to the committee, I mean, we, we have BDR requests as a legislative commission. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously anything we request as a commission would have to go through the session in the normal uh, BDR and bill hearing process. But, you know, in looking at these recommendations, I certainly think it makes sense to, to recommend uh, legislation be drafted to sort of carry out some of these um, some of these recommendations. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I don't think it would make sense to have uh, 19 different BDRs, but in, in looking at how these might be grouped, I think, and I cleared this with legal as well, I think it would make sense to do, I guess, six separate BDR requests. Mm-hmm. And just so I can lay those out, uh, items one through nine... You should go and look at the legislation. Item 15. So those are essentially, you know, making statutory changes to existing committees uh, with the one being terminated and Mm. transferring the function. So I think that could be one bill draft request. Then 10 through 14 could be a separate bill draft request where those five committees are being suggested for termination. And, And again, that would have to be vetted and voted on by the legislature as a whole. And then I think 16 through 19 would probably each be its own bill draft request because those seem to be pretty concrete, um, items. So, uh, if the committee is okay with that, um, and willing to support that motion, I certainly would, would take a motion to advance six BDRs in the way that I described them, and hopefully we don't have to repeat that. Before I took a motion, I just wanted to generally get a sense from the committee if there's anyone that has any real objection to taking one motion Mm -hmm. to accomplish uh, the advancing of those six BDRs to session. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't hear anybody, and maybe that's a function of the late hour, but I would be willing to take a motion to do just that. So moved. Okay, we have a motion from Assemblywoman Monroe Moreno. We have a second from Senator Canizaro. Any discussion on the motion? And Hearing chair, no discussion. All sorry, those f- oh, chair, I'm sorry. Please. It's Assemblywoman Hanson. Uh, just, just to let you know, I really do appreciate that we have um, this sunset committee, um, subcommittee. I, I like the idea that we have to visit and kind of make things efficient. And if we're not utilizing things, I'm all for that. So I really want that to be on the record. Um, and I think less is more. <laughs> so um, just wanted to say thank you for your efforts. And I appreciate uh, the intent of what the Sunset Subcommittee's original origination was for and, and the work that they do. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for those comments. Appreciate it. So we have a motion. We have a second. All those in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 And aye. if there's anyone opposed, please say nay. Okay, the motion carries. So we will request those six uh, bill draft requests on behalf of the Legislative Commission. Again, thank you, Chair Howdigy. I know that was a lot of work just based on how much information was in the report. So thank, thanks to you and your committee. I know uh, Senator... And it was really about how much information was not in the report. As here in America, you know, the requirements to ensure adequacy for the youngest and the neediest of children are real. How we um, understand the power that is given to local communities ensuring adequacy for all children is a reality. As they are moving children like moving, what, 
I don't even know. It's so fluid. People can't find who they're connected to. And there's been no reality of creating a process in which families can stay together or you can find your loved ones. Actually, it's been made so it's prohibited, but then you spend your whole life trying to figure out who the hell you're connected to. And I'm saying, what a shame. What a shame we've come this far and only to protect people's ability to maintain their employment. And I'm sorry, I don't have to preserve the dysfunction. I mean, why would they not meet for four or five years if that was a requirement of the law? What the hell happened as it did happen? But when people think that they're smarter than you, let me tell you, this episode is going with the last episode. And people will understand what they were missing, where the music was serenading them. There'll be no serenading of the music this time. It's just going to be a shared podcast or a shared journey. And there's so much more to say here. And so I will be back. I'm going to leave now. but I'm going to have to update my last episode as it was altered by network administrators. And to show my disdain or dis like for what they're doing. I'm just exposing the bullshit. In America, who are you if you're not here to just expose the bullshit? Have a blessed day, y'all. Okay. I'll say Happy New Year's and welcome to 2023. So what the hell's really going on? I'll say, you know, most people don't understand public education and most people really don't understand political policies or policies that and how they're written. But the real deal is we all need to understand that this is one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for me. So we're going to go through the process of how we assume things were working and then understand how they really are working. So this is um, this is the legislative meeting that happened on 12-28-22. And this is where we really are. So listen up.
So I'm saying what they didn't do is go out there and get people to support the legislators and award them by putting public funds into there. No, they want to use federal dollars for everything. It just amazes me. Let's continue, shall we? I'm going to tell you, that is required under the law. The Committee for Advisory for Education and everybody is supposed to have an opportunity to benefit or to participate in the oversight. It amazes that it, I'm just amazed when I see that people would choose who they want to represent them. But not all people get to have a choice. And therein lies the tragedy. Freedom ain't never been free, but I guess there is a consequence to freedom. Let's pray that it doesn't befall on me. Let's just learn a little more, shall we?
So, I mean, why create a committee and then you don't meet? You see, they're doing the things that they need to do to meet the federal standards of accepting the federal dollars. And then they don't follow through. But when it's affecting the people that live here in Clark County, when it affects the American population, and we're not doing what we should to do to question the process of oversight or the lack of oversight or what the hell. The reality is, is that enough is enough. And as I have analyzed my journey that I'm on and understand the public education system as it is, I understand that children cannot make progress without having foundational skills to ensure accuracy was happening for them. Yet and still, we allow people who are in the position of measuring the maintenance of effort or the work that they're doing have chosen not to analyze the work. And when they just choose to not F and meek, are you serious? They wrote these policies to ensure that they could continue to receive the federal dollars. And most people don't understand the intent behind the federal usage of federal allocations because they are for the people. But we live in a nation for the people, by the people, and then some people just never show up. But if you know who you are and you understand the journey that you're on and you have just become all you can be, then choose the direction that you will flow. Believe me, there are more people out there that need to understand what I'm saying because they have so much work to do. Why are their children failing public education? I would like to understand why there is a massive amount of children just not 
or are just failing to thrive. And what is thriving if it has nothing to do with having the ability to maintain what they said they taught you in elementary school? But we have so many people that are in the penitentiary. I question that now. As we pay people to ensure adequacy happens for the children who look like us, and that is all of us. As I am continued to force to just look, I don't mind sports. I really don't. My children were rather gifted. And, you know, my my middle child, he was in the marching band, but he was also on the basketball team, and he was also on the football team. But my oldest, well, he did football. I don't think he liked it. He damn sure did basketball. And, well, he just was on a different track. He was writing, he was reading, and he was figuring out America. And still, no matter how old you get, you can't figure out this journey because the journey is yours, but it is only yours if you believe it is yours. And the real reality is, is that who are we and who have we become? Because that's something that we just don't know. As American citizens, what is it that you know? Because I promise you, there is more that you don't know. And that is just unfortunate. But if you understand that we live in a nation that protects the lives of the innocent, of the children, and we have lots and lots of services that are written in regards to the process of, you know, ensuring adequacy for all people. And then we're given, you know, a small amount of time because nobody really knows when they're going to go. And they don't. And, you know, it's obvious when you could be driving down the freeway and then have a beam fall from the bridge just for your ass. I don't know what the journey was, but there are many people that are still on that journey because once something happens that's tragic in your life, well, you just keep on living. The ones we love, the ones we knew or didn't know was all based on our willingness to sacrifice to ensure adequacy and access happens for the children that we produce. Not everybody has children. And people who say, well, I didn't have any children. I said, well, boo, that was your choice too, right? Everybody has a choice. And in the understanding of who we have become as individuals living in any part of the world because we're living in a global economy now and as I am speaking I'm speaking for ensuring that the adequacy of the rearing of young people change becomes a priority in this nation in America and as we shore up some of the programs that we have just truly created and people have figured out ways to beat the system. Just look at the Donald as he was able to do so many things based on his shrewdness and his desire to be a millionaire. Who wants to be a millionaire? He had that show. People understood he was shrewd understood that he was willing to take risk and probably not the risk that you were willing to take 
But as an African-American person, you must understand the privilege of living is given by the system. And Will Smith, he's a great actor. I love him in every movie that he's been in, except for this emancipation thing. I'm going to have to force myself to watch the movie with the mindset of what? I have never been a slave, and perhaps I do not need to understand how slaves were treated in the past, but perhaps I need to understand how there is no, I mean, zero accountability in America. We need a little, go back to the, why don't I go back to the, you know, the meeting that they just had the other day. We still got about 15 minutes. I don't know how many minutes that is. Oh, I might have to do another show. Here we go. Wow. Oh, isn't that amazing? How could the how could that committee have been remaining vacant when there are all those African Americans trying to figure out, you know, somebody's knocking at the door, but somebody else is ringing the bell. How in the hell did that happen? Let's just listen. All of the positions remain vacant. Like you have to find the committee. You have to know the committee exists, number one. And then you have to figure out how you have a voice in the juvenile justice arena, especially when they have 88% population of the Negro children, the Negro children in those partnerships that are created with federal money, with not-for-profit organizations. Let's just understand. So this is a bill draft, BDR, revision. And and you have to understand that living in America requires that we all have rules. 
and we have to attain the process of creating adequacy and equity for even those that we feel that are just not making the grade. But when they don't have any data and they have never met, I'm just trying to understand how many times we have to excuse this behavior. Did you hear that? They needed for federal funding. And like I said, what the federal government pays for is neglected and delinquent youth. It's for children who are in poverty. It's for children who are economically disadvantaged and English language learners. But then they are for special education children. But they don't have any data about what they're doing in that arena. And as you just seen and you just heard, saying that they have not met in two years. Not one committee meeting, and they had failed to get the committee people, you know, pointed to the commissions. I'm just saying, is there just not enough Americans to participate in this democracy we have? There's difficulty meeting the statute of holding meetings twice a year. And I'm telling you, when you take federal dollars, it requires more than twice a year. When you take federal allocations of money, it just really requires that you show up. And if you don't show up, then the real world is, it's reality. It's insanity. And I believe you get it from your children as you're failing to thrive in America. Who are we and just what have we become as we are only who we believe we are? And I certainly know who I am. But do you know who you are? Do you understand who you have become? We have so few people, I mean so few people, who understand that it is required to ensure adequacy that you kind of show up and that you show up and that you understand that the job we do as Americans is protecting the rights of Americans. But as you see, they didn't even have the required number of people who would participate in the oversight process for the juvenile division as they had not been appointed. And I'm saying, okay, what the hell are we running our country on this shoestring budget, wake up in 2022, become the person you are supposed to be, you know, be all that you can be in America, as it is only you, only you that can change the direction of this failure of an experiment that was to ensure adequacy for all people 
But boo, who are you? And what is it that you're willing to do in 2022? Obviously, we're still looking for new soldiers in the army to join the army of reality as we are only who we believe we are and then nothing more. I'll say like, subscribe, follow me here on Anchor. You can follow me on Wisdom, Darlene Anderson, or you can find me over there on YouTube, Darlene Anderson 1958, or perhaps just find me floating on Facebook, Darlene Phillips Anderson, always representing. But the real reality is, is that you are only who you believe you are, and this is 2023. What do you know about equity access? But all you know about slavery is what you have seen on the television, and it appears that they want you to have the vision of the media, the media's choice. They want you to think the way they want you to think, and therein lies the troubling concept of when you see an officer shooting a young man three times or more in the back, as he was holding on to his shirt because he was reaching in the car and he didn't want him to get away, right? As he was interfering in an argument and perhaps I'm still needing to understand a little bit more about what happened because he shot that young man in the back with his three children and apparently what was the vision of the children when they're understanding that law enforcement is to protect and serve and perhaps just not serving the Negro population, but serving them up in America. As we understand, we have become the harvest, but guess what? I am the harvest no more. So waking up in 2023, knowing by 2024, we're going to make an impact on failure to thrive and understand exactly why. We will understand that all knowledge is built on foundation. And as we are measuring the benefit, we will be monitoring access and equity in 2023-24. So wake up and understand that in America, it is you and it is me and it is we. So when I say I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for me. And understand that's why I show up every day. I was listening to a young woman. She was going to do a reading on me, telling me that perhaps I didn't need to put so much into what it is, my journey, as I am grateful to be alive in 2023 and have a roof over my head and I'm not paying for a place to rent a space. This is my space where I live and my mother has just provided me with the wealth of knowledge and the ability to share independence and the thought of independence and what it means under the Emancipation Proclamation as I know that I am a citizen. And if the only thing that America has ever given you was citizenship and then you fail to participate, know that 
you are still paying the cost to be the boss, boo. If you got a job, you're paying your required amounts of taxes because you are an employee. Now, when you become the boss, you can just grab the pussy and still be the president of these United States. But in reality, what is it that we're choosing? And which way did we choose to go? I know who I am. I suggest you find out who you are. And I suggest you understand that your journey was for the learning of you and not me. You can only see what you see, but you don't see what I see. You know, you don't see what I see. All this dysfunction, it's real. When there's no water in the Mississippi River and there's no water in Lake Mead, well, don't you think we as a people have an obligation to perhaps think and grow? So go and grow, boo. Have a blessed day. Happy New Year's. Happy 2023. I will be back later. But until we meet again, y'all like, subscribe, follow me here on Anchor. Follow me over there on Wisdom, Darling Anderson. Or you could just tune in and follow me on Facebook or perhaps on Instagram or Twitch or Twitter. I don't care. I'm out here with y'all. Like, subscribe, and follow me. And share, share, share. We've got to go so we can grow boo in America. Have a blessed day. The word is e-purpose. You know, out of many, there's one. But out of one, there may be none. Who will you be in 2023? So, apparently, let's see. I was listening. And they were saying that in Kenosha. The antebellum period of American history. They were saying that they are declining to do what? Tonight on the Black Channel. Not on that channel either. To press charges against the officer that shot Jake Blake in the back. Not that one either. We could go back to that one. Let me find out where I was. There we go. Here we go. Another officer. Both deployed their tasers, but they were unsuccessful. As Blake appears to lean into the driver's side of the car, Chesky opens fire. Blake's three young boys in the back seat, but not injured. On Tuesday, the prosecutor saying Blake was armed and that officers thought he was trying to kidnap the children. They say Blake admitted he had a knife, but told investigators he never intended to stab the officer. Blake, who was paralyzed in the shooting this morning, is still recovering. His family frustrated with the prosecutor's decision to not press charges. He, the Blake family, are asking this city, this county, this state, and this nation to rise up in a nonviolent civic uprising to let our friends and family know there's a new sheriff in town. And the teenager who is accused of killing two people during protests here last summer, Kyle Rittenhouse, was arraigned in court. He pleaded not guilty to all charges. Well, hey there, GMA fans. Robin Roberts here. Thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Lots of great stuff here. So go on. Well, how do you get your news these days? I don't know. And what should we be talking about? I don't know. But in America, when... We, as citizens, are not participating in the level of oversight that should be taking place within the larger communities. It ain't happening, boo. And because it's not happening, whose concern should it be? Well, when people like 
is that Jill Scott that paid the $2.3 million for taxes? Taxes. And then for, you know, Wesley Snipe was on the news. He had to come back out of his movie to do what? Come back to go to jail because he was violating the court order about his taxes. But then when Nipsey said, Nipsey said that he, what did Nipsey say? That he had to pay 100000 on the first million that he made. And I'm saying, well, goddamn, how is it that we as a, American citizens don't have the right to concern ourselves with failed services and that be failed services. And when you see black people who would punish their children, it was not a joke that that child got nothing in his Christmas package because he got a letter grade of F. Well, what was the mother doing? Somebody tell me, did she go to the school and have a meeting? I mean, what grade level can her child actually, you know, make it? I mean, you know, Education is not free, and it's based on levels of creativity. But if you don't, oh, I gotta stop for right now. So I'll say good morning in America. As so many people are ignorant to the fact of their obligation to stand and measure the outcomes of the investment as we all pay taxes and the purpose and the intent behind taxes. And as your ignorance believes that, you can just tell people about you get tired of hearing them and they are like a broken record. And yes, I became like a broken record when I saw that so many African-American people are just not making it and failure and what is the grade of and what is the value of the letter grade of f but when you've assigned yourself a so-called moderator and that you would criticize the conversation that is open and encouraging everyone to participate but then you would like to control the room right you would like to control the atmosphere and the real deal is you don't control shit nobody's running anything in america except for people who choose to step up and do. And I've done for a long time, but I've actually participated in the process or the structure of public education, especially when it came to my children. My children all benefited. But if you don't understand why we would be talking about early start, then perhaps you don't understand why we're talking about, you know, the the attack on the Capitol on January 6th is so irrelevant to you and you really don't have time but it really doesn't matter time is relevant and in America relevancy is everything as locally the ability to ensure adequacy for all children come from the community in which you were raised and your tribe basically would be the children that you have and the obligation that you have to those children. But we don't even live in that space anymore. You go to other countries like Italy or Europe and they have a whole company, meaning that the sweater factory is on land and everybody in that sweater factory 
are family related and it's what they do just like they make ceramics or they make wine or whatever they do is what they choose to do as a family but even the bars and the hotels it's all family but then when you come to America there's no family unity here hell you don't even know who you're related to and you may search your whole life wondering just who or why you exist if you don't have kindred spirits what is a kindred spirit? I really don't know. So many people are on the think they know and they're not even engaged in the everyday. Measuring outcomes of the investment as we are all obligated and responsible for what happens in America. Well, who are you and what have you done? If you have nothing to express it, your achievements. What are your achievements? Or oh, is that your job? Your achievements are your job? Or individually, have you chosen to rally or pick up the baton to ensure that adequacy happens for more people who may look like you? And the real deal is, is that you only know what you know based on what you do know. But you don't know shit if you don't know anything. And that's just real. Because if you don't know you're entitled, then you simply don't apply and therefore you don't get. So the African-American community is not all, even though they're working in their community and providing services and attempting to work within their community, most people don't get a penny from the federal government to do this work. But where they are getting the money, they're not making a difference. So it's going to be up to you to open your mouth and say, well, wait a minute, perhaps we need change. But what does change look like? You have to figure out how you join the conversation. And it's definitely not by trying to chastise somebody who you are not equally yoked with, but you have a blessed day. This is Darlene Anderson signing out on Anchor, Parent Empowerment Hour, What the Hell? Like, subscribe, and follow me, or choose not to. It is choice. But we will have the ability to understand that before this is over, we will have a seat at the table. And that means e pluribus unum. Out of many, there's one. Out of one, there may be none. But what are you willing to do in 2023?